Everybody, we're back again with another scaring and sharing. It's the place where we get together and we share scares with each other and you. <laughs> You're just looking at me like, what the fuck? I don't even know what I was doing either. So, you know, it's all good. We share some scares, we share some laughs, we share some memories, I hope. That's right. If you're joining us for the first time, you know, we talk about whatever we want. Whatever, whatever, we do what we want. It's usually horror-based. Yeah, ostensibly, this podcast is about horror movies. So Yeah, you know, we talk, we share experiences and things like that. So, it's pretty cool. But... Who are you? Who am I? I who who am I? Existentially or whatever. It's such a deep philosophical question. <laughs> uh, I am Jeremy Rusk, the original Sasquatch Slim. And I am Brandy Joe, the flame and scream queen plumback. Welcome. And we're we're recording at night. It's been a long time since we recorded at night. Actually, that's probably a lie. I think when we had Tess on, we recorded it. Yeah, night, we did. But... Yeah. A couple episodes ago so it just we, feels yeah we've gotten used different. to our ap- our afternoon early evening recording schedule yeah know. a little insider baseball for y'all that listen to this <laughs> yeah they don't talk, care we're gonna talk about our <laughs> recording schedule i have a question for you what is it have you ever seen bad milo no wait Wait, Bad it Milo kind of is, like Basket Case. It's the one with the butt monster, right? Oh, is that what it is? Is that that one? Yeah, it's that guy who is from Children's Hospital that I yes. love. I think he's so cute. Is that the butt monster? And Veronica Mars, he was in that as well. Oh, uh, he was the sleazy PI. Oh my gosh, yes, I did not put that together. Oh yeah. yeah. A man learns his unusual stomach pains are being caused by a demon living in his intestines. I didn't put that together because I remember hearing about that when that came out. Yep. But on my gay horror Facebook group, someone posted it and it just looked like Basket Case from the poster. Yeah, it's got vibes. So I just like put that on my list to ask if you'd seen it because it l- sounds like fun. And wait, you have seen it or you haven't I ha- seen it? I did see it. I did see it. I've Is seen it fun? Milo. I thought it was hilarious. But I saw it years ago when it first came out. So who knows how I feel now? But it's, I remembered it being a lot of fun. Yeah, Ken Marino. Oh, he's so dreamy. Ken Marino, that's I, his name. I was trying to say dreamy and it came out weird. I think I said dreamy. He's such, he's <laughs> Ken Marino. You're so dreamy. And Gillian Jacobs, I just learned I was saying Jillian and Joe's like, it's Gillian. Yeah. He didn't say a bitchy like that, but he he um informed me how to say it correctly. And Mary Kay places in it. And oh my God, I love yeah i gotta see this it looks like fun maybe i'll throw it on the list horror comedies are not always up my alley but um but i think it seems like fun yeah i i remembered it amusing me so (laughs) but i don't remember a lot else about it so do you know what i also have i know we've talked about unpopular horror opinions on here Mm -hmm. and i remembered one that i don't believe i've shared on here although i think you know it which is i'm not a fan of the mist oh everyone fucking loves the mist you mm-hmm. think i've talked about it on here yes 
I think you have. Sorry, I heard a noise. I thought there was a cat in the room with me or something. It's just a ghost. It's just a ghost, apparently. Yeah, no, The Mist. I'm a fan of The Mist, but... Almost everybody is. It's like The Descent. I would say The Descent's a little more loved than The Mist. For me, The Mist, I mean, yes, I think the ending is pretty bleak, which I don't mind so much, but it's really the characterizations. I just feel they're like... And maybe the acting, and I and I love what's her name, the gal who plays the the zealot. Mm-hmm. Love her, but uh, yeah, Jean Triplehorn, is that right? Yes, I think so. But yeah, I thought she was a little much, and I know she's supposed to be Marcia Gay Harden, not Jean Triplehorn. Marcia, that's it, Marcia Gay, Gay Harden. Harden. That's who. Yeah, it was. I'm just not a fan. I just think oh. that it's just um uh, a little much. A little I much think for this world. I think the novella was better. I, yeah, you know what? It's all coming back to me now that we've talked about this because I listened to the audiobook, which was in like 3D, is what they said, mm-hmm. or something like that, because there were like sound effects and things like mm-hmm. that, which now is just sort of par for the course if you're going to do a good audiobook. Yeah, you have to bring something to the table. Yeah. What with the podcasts and all, That's really expanding right. what people expect from their listening endeavors. Speaking of, Joe and I are doing a show out in Ann Arbor, and we've been traveling to and from, and it's about a 45-minute commute each way. And Mm -hmm. we've gone through a few different podcasts, and we're, like, listening to, like, podcasts that have, like, six to ten parts, and they're, like, true crimey. And we listened to one about Satanic Panic. And it was about this town up in Canada where these kids from this preschool started saying, do you know about this story? I know the story. I know. I know bits and pieces of it. Yeah. Isn't that where it all started? Isn't that like the ground zero of the Satanic? No, because this was in like the early 90s and Satanic Panic really started in the 80s. Yeah. But it sort of... It's just, it was so fascinating. So the podcast is Uncover. We also listened to, it's a CBC, I think is the Canadian radio station that it's based out of. And we the first one we listened to was a different season on the same series, but it was about the serial killer in uh, Toronto's Gay Village. And it was fascinating. And then this one is a different season with like a different host and it's Satanic Panic. And these kids started like saying that all these people from, you know, their daycare were a part of this satanic cult and they were like tying them, putting them in cages and making them have sex with each other and gouging out people's eyeballs and sacrificing animals. And they blamed like the cops, like they got the cops in on it. Like, no, it was like a witch hunt. It was just like the fucking... Salem witch trials all over again. Yeah. And there's so much to all that stuff too. Cause kids are so easily, you know, they'll say anything to please adults if they think they're going to get something out of it. So I've, I've heard so much say that these stories about the satanic panic were cause kids were just going along with what they thought adults wanted to hear. So they were like, yeah, they were abusing me. And it turns out, you know, none of that was happening or there's no evidence that these things were going on. Least of all, a massive conspiracy of satanic cultists, like yes, all of America's and Canada's daycare and (laughs) whatever. So 
Yes, that's exactly what it was. And lots of these therapists, they believe, like, had gone to these seminars about satanic panic in, like, the late 80s. And mm-hmm. so they were convinced that's what it was. So these they had these leading questions for these kids. And the, the kids just got wrapped up. And the, the, the adults would be like, are you sure that didn't happen? And then, like you said, they'd want to please their the, these detectives or their parents or whatever. So they just start saying these things, I mean, the most ridiculous things, this mm-hmm. one, like they were on, they were in front of like a fucking jury. And like this girl was like, yeah, they cut off his nipple and fed it to someone. And it's like, like, see if the kid has a nipple, like, mm-hmm. you know, like there's just these things where it's like, that is absolutely ridiculous. Like there would be evidence of this. And almost, I don't think like there's any proven fa- like incidents of actual, these satanic cults bringing like, I think it's um, what's uh, satanic ritual abuse, SRA or something like that. Like it just didn't exist. And I'm not, I bet it exists in the world. Yeah, like, it's happened somewhere, but somewhere, not, somehow, but not to the hysteria that not all over the place around. behind our behind closed doors everywhere is what everyone yeah. thought in the 80s. And yeah, yeah, if you, if you want to find the, a similar wild story, uh, a story that has a, possibly a little bit of truth to it. Mm. Uh, is the, they call it the Franklin cover-up or the Franklin scandal. Uh, And that happened in Franklin, was it like Nebraska or Omaha, Nebraska? I can't, it was out in the Western state somewhere. It it was the Franklin Credit Union, Uh, but but the guys running it were some connected up to like the local Republican party and stuff like that. And then all of these, all of these abuse stories came out. Uh, and that they were possibly, and some of it delved into satanic panic, and a lot of the people recanted later that accused these guys. Um, but yeah, it was found that some sex trafficking was going on back oh, then, wow. and stuff like that. Yeah, so there was some validity to it. Now, other people were trying, prosecutors were trying to blow it up into a giant satanic panic style conspiracy, uh, and that's where they start to lose the plot, and things get really uh, wild. There's a lot of people pointing to like, bigger actors within the government coming in and trying to silence things, you know, which always fuels the conspiracy theory stuff. So uh, that one is very crazy. If you, look I am intrigued, very intrigued. Did it's you hear wild. about the shining play? Yeah. With Ben Stiller. Yeah. The guy who directed it, Ivan Van Hove, I believe is how you pronounce it. Correct me if I'm wrong, somebody, but he has done some really bizarre productions. Like he did a view from the bridge or view from the bridge. I don't know if, uh, or that is before the title, but it like rained blood on stage and everyone was just like covered in blood. Like he does these like really inventive adaptations of classics and so there is a shining opera happening in denver right now and like it was supposed to happen pre-pandemic and then i think it's been performed somewhere else and i hate opera i probably would go see it just it looks Mm. fucking cool it looks so neat but i don't like opera but i'm very intrigued and ben stiller i'm looking at a picture of him right now and he looks so daddy and i'm wearing a sweater right now that says daddy on it yeah Ben so. Stiller kind of he kind of grew into a daddy didn't he? yeah he, he did his noise, like, but his all of a silver sudden hairs mm. he's a silver fox now and yeah. it's like yeah what wow uh but yeah I saw people fighting online I can see him as Jack Torrance yeah especially especially where he's at now with his you know uh uh the projects he chooses to do I think he has the range to do it yeah for sure I'm more excited to see who they get to play Wendy quite honestly yeah 
Yeah. It better be someone really cool. Because they not that long ago did Misery with yes. Bruce Willis. And um, Laurie yeah. Metcalf. And we're doing it next season, even though we already did the Christmas one. We're doing the straight up misery next doing season. Doing it for real. The for reals. And so I'm excited three, to see that. Three actor show. And I'm very excited. I'm directing cool. it, of course. Yeah, you have to, of course. And I'm of glad course. glad you got another horror adjacent thing in there. Yes. And spoiler alert, I was wondering if it was going to be like cutting off his feet like it is in the book. But it's I think the play is like adapted from William Goldman, who I think did the screenplay for the movie. So it's just the sledgehammer again. The hobbling. The hobbling. I suppose that's a little easier to do on stage and cutting off his feet and blow torching the stumps. I think it's just mm -hmm. one foot. Have you read it? You've read it. It was one foot in the book. One foot. Yeah. If I recall. Yeah. So yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, the book is good. And then she runs over the sheriff with like the lawnmower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good. I love that book. That book was fucking tight. I got to start rereading my Stephen King. That's what I got to start doing. Yeah, I'd like to reread Carrie for sure. Yeah, I've got I've been meaning to revisit The Stand, but it's such an Oof. investment. Good yeah. Lord, I'm not ready for it yet, but I'll get there again. Did you watch the miniseries, the, the new one? No, I mean, watch the old one. I've seen the old one and, you know, it's cheesy and just I mean, it has you know. fucking Molly Ringwald in it. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, exactly. It's got all these actors that were like big of the moment. <laughs> and then, you know, uh, well, they most of them haven't done much since, I feel like. OK. Or, you know, they were at their height when they did the stand and uh, it, it's cheesy. It's not great. The book is just so it'd be so ambitious. Like, I feel like you'd need to do a Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings style. Like it's gotta be big, huge budget, lots of special effects to do it justice, the story that's in the book. So, okay. Yeah. Until they put up the money, I don't think there's going to be a good adaptation of that. Okay. Okay. If you say so, I mean, I trust you. That's how I feel. Uh, do you want to read uh, our telegram? Shall we get into the telegrams? Yeah. Yeah. Is it just the one? It's just the one, but one is better than none. And it's a good one. It's a good one. And it comes from friend of the podcast and my personal old friend, Brett. Brett. Uh, and Brett says the subject line is a Serbian film too much for Mark Zuckerberg. I thought that was funny. <laughs> and he says, hey, guys. Uh, I sent you a message a while ago on Instagram, but it was too much for them, I guess. Got a notification that it did not go through. So let's try this again. Congrats on episode 69. Huge milestone and a very sexy one at that. <laughs> Since you were on the subject, I have to talk about a Serbian film. I would describe it as the cinema version of Two Girls, One Cup, because no one feels good after watching it. Oh, man. He's uh, he's dating us. He's taking it that feels like a million years ago it really does god uh i first heard about the film online with everyone saying that it is the worst film in existence and how no one should watch it so as a lover and writer of horror i of course had to watch it for sure it has its shock values but like you guys said it was shot very well and i found the storytelling aspects of the writing intriguing like where we learned what had happened to the main character through him watching the mini dv i actually thought that i don't even know if we covered that did we that was a cool scene in there actually yeah i don't know i i'm not i don't know that i'm a fan of that device but go on 
Okay. It was one of the few movies that I had no idea what was going to happen next. And the only movie that I found myself cheering on a scene where a guy is literally getting skull fucked. <laughs> you go through so many emotions throughout. It's kind of like 9-11, where you remember exactly when and where you were the first time you saw it. Uh, it is also a movie that I have shown to a few roommates because I'm the kind of person that likes going to haunted houses with friends, not because I'm scared of them, but because I love watching the reactions of people experiencing them. Uh, and this is a movie that you will be experiencing a lot of emotions. Uh, and I can <laughs> vouch for that. Brett was sorry, Brett, but I'm uh, letting the world know the kind of person you really are. And oh. that is, he's a practical joker, you know, oh. he's, a, he's that, you know. Uh, and we were those kind of people back in the day, tormenting each other. So we love to uh, uh, pull pranks and force people <laughs> to see the reaction on people's faces. So. I like it. Also, if you guys want to change a pace, you should check out a short film I did called Conduit that's free on Amazon Prime. It's more mm. of a psychological thriller, but I would love to hear your comments. Keep up the great scares with much love, Brett. Oh my God. I, you know what? I saw he was your friend and I just sent it off to you. I didn't actually read his email. So I would have watched that. Did have you watched Conduit? I'm sorry, Brett. I'm outing myself. I have not watched Conduit. Oh my God. I well, remember. let's plan on watching it for the next episode. We should. That'd be great. Yes. Uh, yes. I know that he shot it in the Detroit area. Oh. Um, and uh, our other good buddy from high school, Dennis, I think he appears in there somewhere. Dennis? In the background. As an extra, I got to watch for him because he went and he did some helping out on the set when Brett was shooting that thing. So, uh, cool. yeah, yeah. Well, everyone go yet. check it out. Everyone. And next week we'll convene and discuss. But everyone should watch it because uh, of people I know that have watched it. They all said, great job, Brett. Uh, so I can't wait to watch it. And Brett, thanks for writing us. That's awesome. I was really hoping we'd get some sort of reaction from someone who watched a Serbian film. <laughs> Maybe just for validation that. Yep. yep. And Mark Zuckerberg it. tried to stop him from telling us, apparently. <laughs> he, he wouldn't let that message go through, so. <laughs> but that's awesome brett thank you for writing us that and you are correct i mean i remember exactly where i was i was in my little stoner den in the old house we lived in i downloaded it illegally and uh, you know through a torrent and i watched that shit and i was just like i remember like earlier that night someone telling me at it about it at go comedy sitting at the bar my friend sean mcgettigan i remember him telling me and i went home and downloaded it like and all just takes me right back. And I think I was in that exact same spot when I watched Two Girls, One Cup as well. Not that same night, I hope, because that would be a really tragic evening. But yeah, that's a lot. Of, that's a lot to take in. Yeah. But you know what? I would <laughs> never, ever watch Two Girls, One Cup for a second time. But I have, of course, watched a Serbian film like three or four times. So. So who knows? You might watch Two Girls, One Cup again. No. <laughs> 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 please no god uh, but if you want to write us scaring is sharing at gmail.com and you can you know talk about anything you can talk about the shows we talk about the movies we talk about whatever you want to talk about because whatever whatever it's your telegram you do what you want telegram. i guess you could just tell us how your day is if you want <laughs> you can we we would just love to hear from you we do um, love hearing from you whenever we do we, we like to dialogue we like to interface with people so yes uh, and also Instagram, scaring us, sharing, all one word. So check it out. Hit us yeah, up. Yeah, us. Uh, so, do you have what? Uh, what have you watched this week? <laughs> what have I? <laughs> oh, what have I watched? Uh, just gonna check that out. Since last we've recorded and really talked, I guess uh, not too much for St. Patrick's Day proper. 
I did revisit the original Leprechaun and then Leprechaun 2. You know, still, they still crack me up. Every year I come back to those. I think those first two are my favorites of the series as far as being like mostly well-made movies. I feel like after that, they shortly go off into, I mean, they were already crazy, but they get extra crazy with three where he goes to Las Vegas, four is in space, and it just goes from there. Insanity. Um, but that first know, one, the oh, kills really aren't good. The kills aren't good, but I don't know. It's just, there's something charming about it. It cracks me up every time. <laughs> I can't help but laugh. And Jennifer Aniston, it's her greatest role. <laughs> no, she has so many other good ones. The Good Girl. Have you ever seen The Good Girl? No, I haven't seen that one. Oh but... my God. It is so good. Jake Gyllenhaal, Zooey Dashnell, like way mm-hmm. early Zooey Dashnell before she was anybody. Mm-hmm. I think I'd only seen her in Almost Famous prior to that. And she is so good. It is such a great film. I love it so, so much. Mike White, I think, wrote it. I think he's Mm. in it, too. And I love him. I love Enlightened, the Laura Dern HBO show. Yeah, I have a huge boner for Mike White. Uh, Buck and Chuck or Chuck and Buck, I can't remember which it is, is also a terrific film. So anyway, I'm just saying Jennifer Aniston has better films, okay? And I'm not not saying that she's not, you know, loaded with great performances. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's your favorite though, Leprechaun is just on a pedestal <laughs> for me. You know, it's just always gonna be. I'm sorry, Jennifer. If we ever <laughs> run into each other, I'm gonna ask you know you to sign some sort of Leprechaun paraphernalia. <laughs> That's what I would hope I would have on me. Uh, be like, please sign this, uh, and I'm sure she'd say, "Get the fuck away from me!" Uh, and her security would whisk me away. <laughs> What else have you watched? And I revisited, as I told you, I believe at the theater when we get to our, you know, you already know what we're. Yeah, you're, you're, you read you're, the description. Yeah. Uh, was Lost Boys. Oh, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that uh, it still holds up for me. I freaking love the Lost Boys. That's like an all time favorite, I think. Yeah, I, I really think I've only seen it once. And so I would like to check it out again. Yeah, it was a big one for me as a teenager. Uh, so I feel like there's a little bit of nostalgia clouds things, but it's a solid enough movie that like, I don't go back and I'm not like, oh, this is crap, but I just, mm-hmm. you know, love it because of how, what it meant to me years ago. Uh, I think it still holds up. It's still fun. It's cheesy in all the right ways. The vampires are cool as shit. Cause they're just punk rock, like biker dudes. And I don't know, there's a timeless badassness to that so it works now i know they're not like quite the same thing but there is something similar in my mind about them have you ever seen because i believe it exists like the director's cut of nightbreed uh yes because didn't it get like cut the fuck up when they released it in like theaters and originally on video yeah yeah so nightbreed uh my history with Nightbreed, you're going to get a story. Sorry. Uh, my history with Nightbreed is I got started really getting into Clyde Barker in like college. Like I'd seen Hellraiser, you know, and uh, Rawhead Rex and I knew of him. Uh, but then I started to really like be like, I got to read this guy's you know stuff. I became super interested in actually reading his books and trying to see every movie thing he was involved in. So, of course, I come across Nightbreed. Uh, which at the time, the early internet community chatter uh, on all those old like IMDb message boards and stuff like that. We're talking about how Nightbreed was like an unsung classic, blah, blah, blah. Check it out. 
Uh, so I remember getting it disc by mail, Netflix, of course, because that's what we used back then and watched oh, yeah. the DVD. And I remember it being not good. Uh, and of course, that was the version, uh, the theatrical version that was available for a long time. Uh, and I was like, this movie feels like the plot doesn't make any sense. It jumps around, especially towards the end. Uh, and then come to find out it was because whole chunks of movie were cut out uh, by the studio when they edited it. And uh, yeah, so for years, it was this holy grail that there's a director's cut out there, Clive Barker's original cut. Uh, and that's what you'll find now. There's one called Nightbreed Director's Cut uh, that's out there on um, streaming sites now. So if you were to go on Amazon Prime and pull it up, and that I think is a much better movie because I enjoy it now when I've rewatched it. So. Okay. Yeah, I want to watch it. And it does have a punk rock kind of attitude to it. So yeah, you're you're not far off kind okay. of. Okay. It's got that cool uh, alt alt culture thing going on that Clive really tapped into with his work. So now you just touched on something that I wish I would have remembered when we had Tess on the podcast a couple episodes ago. Tess, until I think only a matter of months ago, still received Netflix by fucking mail. And I think I had mentioned it before, but we should have talked about it when she was on because I think she just recently canceled or they said, hey, you're the only one who's still doing this, so we got to stop. Yeah. <laughs> one and, or the other. And I have questions about that too. Was, know, she, still getting, was she still getting DVDs? Yes. Like, was she yes. still watching things on DVD? Yes. Until I, like, I don't know, the end of last year, the beginning of this year, like real recently it's when she stopped getting them by mail. Oh, and I'm such a like a nerd for this kind of stuff that I'm like, DVD is such a terrible quality now. Like, why would you even want to watch it on DVD? Like streaming is better than DVD now. It's just so. immediate. It's right there. I remember we used to, I would get four or six discs. I don't remember which plan I had, but mm -hmm. we, one time Joe and I were watching, getting into the OC and we were watching the OC. And so like, you know, I was trying to send them back so I could get them like, and we could just like, cause we were just inhaling them. And one of the discs came in and it was broken and I had to have the OC and I went to family video. The only time I've ever been to family <laughs> video to rent the OC. Oh my God. Yeah, those were the days. It was great for TV series because I did the same thing. I would get like two at a time and I would just tear through seasons of TV shows. Um, and I feel like the catalog was real deep on DVD because there was a lot of obscure shit that I there got was. through Netflix, their DVDs that I'm like, I don't even think I can buy this because I can't find it anywhere. Like, how did they have a disc of this damn thing? So Yeah. The only thing that I watched this week that I want to mention is we went to the theaters we already talked about. And you know what? For the first time I was in a long time, in months and months and months and months, I was like, I'm going to watch trailers. <laughs> I just had, it was like, you rebel? You're going to watch trailers? Yeah. And I did. I watched the trailer for Nope. And I watched the trailer for Men, the Jesse Buckley movie, which mm -hmm. just was, as you and I talked about in the theater or right after or whenever that was, it was like the perfect trailer just like mm -hmm. unusual and weird and you're like what the fuck is this about and that's how you do a trailer if you haven't seen the trailer for men it looks i'm so intrigued i'm so yeah. intrigued it was super creepy and very cool nope for that matter too has me super intrigued it's got to be just a straight up alien movie right i you know that's what it feels like but i hope like i feel that jordan peele is more clever than that 
he's you know uh that it's not just gonna be aliens it's just something else we can't even figure out yet because you got to see the movie so that's what i'm hoping there's just like this one shot where it looks like you're seeing an alien like walking behind something because it looks like it's short and you just see like a little bit of its head but i i definitely am excited for it or if it's aliens i hope that there's just some crazy twist that just you know stands out from your typical alien invasion whatever movie but visually it's just so cool like when that horse like flies up in the air or whatever mm. it just is like it looks so fucking neat but and i'm not like totally going back to watching trailers but like i just was in the mood that day and i was like whatever they show i'm gonna watch it i was hoping they were gonna show the seller which i know a trailer just came out for that with uh, alicia cuthbert because south by southwest just happened or what just happened some sure. festival let's say south by southwest just <laughs> happened i think it was because they lots of trailers were released lots of films were screened and it's been sort of all the rage and so i really and i love alicia cuthbert i love happy endings it's like our lunchtime show that joe and i watch and i mean i've already seen it before but i'm re-watching it and she's just such a delight i didn't watch 24 but she was the daughter on that wasn't she sure <laughs> Jeremy. <laughs> wow. I thought you I would have watched 24. That seems like a show up your alley. 24. I think I like watched the first season. I was in high school when it started. So I wasn't oh, really like, okay. I wasn't, Hey man, I wasn't sitting down to watch like what new primetime dramas on. So like, that was just not what I was interested in. And I never caught up on it. I remember in college, like, it was your typical, like, a lot of the bro dudes were like, 24, man, that's the best show ever. You get to see uh, Kiefer Sutherland kill terrorists and uh, just didn't speak to me for whatever reasons. <laughs> <laughs> didn't grab my attention and I've never revisited it. So, well, fine. Is there anything else you want to talk about before mm. we dive into our flick? No, I think I got everything. I'm trying to think of any intriguing news, but I, I don't think I've seen anything. Well, let's awesome. get into this movie. So let's talk about this movie. Okay, I'll read the letterbox summary. Do it. It I is did last time. So. so we went and saw X, like X. the letter, and the it's directed by Ty West, and the tagline on Letterboxd is "Dying to show you a good time." And the summary reads, in 1979, a group of young filmmakers set out to make an adult film in a secluded farmhouse in rural Texas. They're reclusive elderly hosts take a special interest in their young guests and as night falls in the couple's leering interest takes a violent turn spoilers i, I mean yeah yeah spoilers yeah. that's pretty much but, it. i mean in the trailer you kind of know that i since yeah. i watched the trailer today because i had not watched it before i'd i think i just closed my eyes when it played at the movies so i heard it and when it first started and i before until I realized what it was. And then I shut my eyes and I was like, oh, it's kind of Texas Chainsaw Massacre and vibe. And they were like in a van. So I knew that that's sort of what it seemed like. But I, and yeah, I mean, don't listen if you want to watch this movie. And I, I think you should watch this movie. This movie is very unique, but spoilers, 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 because there's just no way yeah. around it. Yeah. So spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Run now to your theater and go see this. But I had no idea who the killers were going to be. So did you going into it? I had a feeling that it, I'm okay. like, I bet it's going to be as simple as the people they're staying with. They shouldn't have gone there. Uh, and that's, you know, pretty much how it played out. And I don't know how to 
worded either. This was the kind of movie that it's like, okay, I figured out the plot. The plot is very simple, but I still, I didn't feel like cheated or anything. Like I felt, you know, cause this was an entertaining enough and clever and cool and just a blast that I didn't feel like I was cheated having already known like what the plot essentially was. Yeah. And for it being such a cliched plot group of kids in the seventies, stumbling upon somewhere where they're all going to get killed. Like that's so that's a tale as old as time really, but it felt Mm -hmm. so fresh. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. That's it. This movie is a prime example of that. Just do it cool enough. And And the other thing I think that like really put it above so many other films is like, these all the characters were fully fleshed out yes like a hundred percent and it really took our time to get to know them like i mean it didn't start with like a kill it starts with a little intrigue and then does my favorite device that i recently talked about 24 hours earlier which i do hate like i wish that just wouldn't have been there because again i think like you could just take out that fucking slide and (laughs) like we'll figure it out Mm -hmm. it drives me crazy but um the first shot is also so cool because it's like it you think it's gonna be in that like square sort of I don't know what that film style is. Oh, Not yeah, like yeah, a yeah. sixteen by nine, but like a four by four or whatever the four by three. Four by three. Like yeah, it's old, sort of yep. it looks like that's what you're watching. And then it sort of zooms in and it's like you're looking through the barn doors and it opens up as yeah. it, and I'm just like yeah. that is a like the cinematography in this is gorgeous. Yes. The cinematography is the editing, like I don't always notice editing, but I noticed it here and it is fucking cool as shit. That like dissolve crossfade they kept doing where it kept flashing back and forth between two separate scenes you're watching and about to watch and then finally settling into the next yes. scene. That was so cool. I don't know what that was. Um, I'm sure it's been done before, but I can't think of another example. So it's probably been a long time. Uh, it seemed like he was emulating the cinema of the seventies. So, And what do you think I feel was the most gorgeous shot in the movie? The most <laughs> There's one shot, and no, not like I mean, like truly, not like when that guy's dong is hanging. In yeah, the okay, shadows. yeah, I was like, am I gonna go for the? Are we going for the low hanging? <laughs> no, truly, here? I feel um, there's one shot that was absolutely oh, breathtaking when she's in the uh, the lake. Yes, yes, and that fucking crocodile's coming after her. Yes, all that of was that. so amazing that whole scene was so good it made me super uncomfortable when the crocodile was getting the alligator was getting really close to her because i thought oh fuck this is it this is it okay and i have to say something else and again i mean if you've listened this far and you want to watch us leave right now leave now <laughs> you have been warned see it. you have to see it and come back and we'll discuss okay i did not know that mia goth was both of the ladies Oh, I had no idea until we left. And I like looked at the list because there's like I wondered, like it sort of crossed my mind, but I didn't know going into it and I didn't fully figure it out because they have scenes together and stuff. And Mm -hmm. I know like whatever the power of cinema, but like I never considered it. The only reason I was like, oh, is it going to turn out to be 
is it gonna turn out to be her as the killer maxine or whatever i think that's the, the younger gal's name mm -hmm. because there's the shot when she's like having sex and she like looks through the window and sees pearl the older woman like watching and then yeah. it's sort of like cuts to like it being her having sex the older woman like it, it kind of yeah like cuts in like that and i so it sort of crossed my mind but i did not put it together the makeup was very good like you could tell the person was made up to look older both her and yeah. the older guy howard but i did not know that it was her no uh i actually did not realize that i knew it was like you said an actor in makeup made to look old didn't know it was mia goth either until i looked it up and it said both roles maxine and pearl and i was like holy crap she was great i mean truly, she was incredible everyone in it was so good jenna ortega it's, was great yeah yeah but the fact that mia goth did both those roles i'm like in awe there were multiple times where i thought of the taking of deborah logan <laughs> it felt very deborah logan-y yeah watching this movie too uh, uh and i and i saved it for the pod i didn't tell you while we were, you were at the we were at the theater because i wanted to save it for the show <laughs> which is watching that movie made me realize a subgenre of horror that really freaks me out uh and it's creepy old people <laughs> like yep. that and we've covered a lot me, of that we have and those make me really uncomfortable i think that's why i thought the taking of deborah logan you know not like a stellar movie but i found it immensely effective and i think it's just because creepy old people freak me out so much so yeah it just i'm still like i couldn't stop thinking about this movie and i still have thought about it a lot even though we saw it like days ago mm -hmm. but like i'm really a i'm thrilled that ty west has done another good movie because i haven't loved anything he's done since house of the devil even though everything else i don't think it's like crap i just haven't liked it mm -hmm. but like it just just taking this tired old formula and i don't it it just felt sort of effortless it didn't feel like he was coming in being like i'm gonna do something really unique and creative and like mm -hmm. it just felt like effortless which i think is like a key to a really good movie is it just yeah it's like oh wow that just happened and it was so good it this really feels like one of those examples of just make a movie that you would want to see. I feel like this was Ty West doing his, this is what I want to see happening now. And it's not, uh, and I'll put that in theaters and that's what he made. And it, it just worked. Yeah. I read this article with him, I think in screen rant. And he said, uh, the expectation that it might be Texas chainsaw, but it's actually not amused me. And I was like, oh, well it amused me too. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, I, I also read a little thing where uh, at a screening, Eli Roth was there and he did a surprise Q&A like he oh. uh, moderated a surprise Q&A about the movie. Uh, and Eli Roth referred to this as Texas Chainsaw meets Boogie Nights. Uh, like, that's, that's a really good description, too. And as much as everyone keeps talking about uh, Texas Chainsaw, like this is very indebted to Toby Hooper. This feels like a love letter to Toby Hooper. Um, but I was thinking more of the flick he did after Texas Chainsaw called Eaten Alive. Mm. Uh, and there's some stuff because that movie Eaten Alive is it's very similar. Crocodile alligator. Yeah. The guy has a killer crocodile. He lives in a bayou. He kills people that come to stay at his motel. It's, it, you know, it, 
I feel like X owes a lot to more so to Eaton Alive even than Texas Chainsaw. So look into that. And I'm going to be scouring the interviews with Ty West to see if he mentions Eaton Alive or <laughs> other Topi. Yeah, work. I would be curious. And some of the other performances, I didn't realize Wayne, who was played by Martin Henderson, is Noah from The Ring. Like, I just didn't place who Whoa. he was. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And I really loved him. I mean, I really loved all of them. Brittany Snow cannot work enough. She is so much fun to watch. I was a little mm -hmm. surprised she, like, showed her boobs. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know if she ever has before, but I was like, oh, wow. She was so good. She was definitely my favorite, even though I think, you know, definitely Mia Goth, like, give some amazing performances but like i love britney snow she's amazing she's just yeah. so so charming in it so funny this this also I, I i did see online like little blurbs before we saw it where it kept getting referred to as an, an erotic horror film mm. uh and so when we are in the theater and we actually watched it i was like you know it's probably got more sex and a little more gratuitous in that department than mainstream movies usually push for um, but I still felt like it was kind of quaint considering, you know, you and I have now watched The Beast and a Serbian That's, film. Right. So yeah. I was like, uh -huh. oh, that seems quaint compared to what you could see. So. And the only other performance I want to talk about is Owen Campbell, who was RJ, and he's in Super Dark Times and My Heart Can't Beat Unless You Tell It To, which I fucking loved. I loved both of those. And he's just so unique. I know I was trying to figure out, and I thought he was Lou Pucci. Yeah. I think that's how you say his name from Evil Dead, because he has, he looks very similar to him. They have a similar vibe. Yeah. 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 But yeah. I, I really love him, and he's made some really great movies. And I don't think you've seen either of those movies that I just mentioned. I haven't. Have you? No, I haven't. Yeah. So good. So good. He's just very unique. And yeah, I mean, Jenna Ortega is just on a roll right now. Yeah, keep it up. Keep it up. Be the new Scream Queen. Because did you don't watch you, do you? No. Because no. that's sort of where she burst onto the scene was the second season of that. She was very good. And you were just like, who is this little girl? Because yeah. she was such a little babe. She still is. She's just such a wee little babe. Uh, but she's just so good. She's very natural and just mm -hmm. very, you just love watching her. She's, her expressions and everything. She's just fantastic. Yeah, I'm kind of excited to see where she goes. I want to see, keep up the scream queen thing because you are just awesome in these rocking it in these horror movies but i want to see your like laurie strode like turn into a badass uh yeah. or like you're you know you're ellen ripley like i i want to see her get something like that soon where she's beating the killers yeah. or the monsters down because so. so far she's been more of I mean, she's had some moments, but she's been more victim-y. And yeah. I think that she has that quality about her that she can be. I want to see. Yeah. yeah. Give her a flamethrower and I want to see her just <laughs> killing zombies or something like that. Like, bring it yes. up. Yes. Yes. Now, when we left, you told me about the 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 prequel that they filmed like mm. pretty much at the same time. Yeah. I have to say I'm not. I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. But upon hearing about it, and a po supposedly he also has like a sequel that he's has not been filmed, but he's talking about a third And he's going to make. Okay, yeah. But I'm not thrilled about a prequel because I love how little we know about Pearl. I don't know yeah. that I want to know. I hope uh, that it's less an origin story and just another like character study in another time period. Because I did a little more digging online. Uh, and all it says about the premise that he's revealed is it's set during World War One, kind of like when she points to the picture and like, there we are during the first 
Great War, the First mm-hmm. World War. And apparently they it says that the place was used as a boarding house then as well for soldiers. So I'm assuming mm-hmm. uh, we'll just have a new scenario of them murdering people at the farm. At least I hope. Uh, and it could be a whole new angle setting it with they're younger. You have a whole a bunch of soldiers there. That'd be wild. Yeah, I will definitely watch it. I just loved one of the things I loved was there was mystery. never the yeah, the mystery, the intrigue and the fact that there wasn't like flashback sequences in it and here's yeah. where we used to, like there were just little bits of dialogue here and there. Yeah, and and at the end of the day that was enough. I feel like I I know them. Uh especially since this was a movie like you said to the scene when she looks in the window and Pearl's watching and it does some cool editing which was clearly just done for an impressionistic or you know uh figurative artistic reasons i thought they were alluding to some kind of supernatural thing like she went in there she drank the lemonade with her i kept thinking something supernatural was gonna occur or the reason they were doing this was like for like a satanic ritual speaking of satanic panic or something (laughs) like that uh and it never came and then all of a sudden in just like a quick line of dialogue when she's like, you're just sex maniacs. I'm like, oh my God, that's what it's as simple as that. They are just sex addicted serial killers. Yeah. I saw somewhere uh, on one of someone's like Facebook posts talking about this movie and they were like women's film studies class, whatever, like women's studies classes are going to be dissecting this movie for years to come. And I was like, oh, I didn't like, I guess I didn't look at it quite through that angle. But I mean, I I think that I would love to read some like in-depth analyses of this movie because I I kept, I'm like, I know there's even more here than what's on the surface and I'm intrigued by it. And, you know, I'm so I'm excited for a little more time to pass and for some more things to be written about it. Yeah, absolutely. I want to read some uh, critical analysis like that too, some scholarly analysis. I also just randomly thought of a uh, an unpopular opinion that I think we've talked about before, because here mm. we are discussing Ty West. Uh, and I really enjoyed Cabin Fever 2. I did too, actually. I, yeah. I, I didn't like one. I don't like one. I, I think one is a mediocre movie. But two was so much fun. And that's what I loved about two. But wait, he got fired from it. No, he completed oh. it. I went back and double checked. I wanted okay, because I thought in this interview he, they were talking about him being fired. So I, I, but I couldn't remember. Or maybe it's construed as a firing. I don't know. He directed it. He finished the whole movie. It was during the editing process. He got kicked out of the editing room, uh, and the producers took total control of editing. And mm. so what we got was not his intended vision. But I think it still worked. I think enough of the Ty West goodness shows through in that. So. Yep. And in this article, he was talking about, they were like, why have you taken such a long break? He's like, I have directed like 20 episodes of TV shows over the last six years. I haven't taken a break. He's like, I just, he's like, I did like six horror movies in a row and I just needed to take a little bit of a break from that. And then he talked about, you know, the the big difference between directing a movie and directing a TV show, because a movie, you have to find the financing, you have to all these things that take forever and they often just fall through and then you're back to square one. And he's like, when you direct a TV episode, they call you up and the next day you're on a plane going to direct. He's like, it's all very Mm -hmm. quick and easy. And he's like, I just had to take a little bit of a break. So like, I, I get it. And I'm glad he's back. Cause I mean, he, you knew from house of the devil that this guy had something special. So I, I, you know, take very different. 
Yeah. Very different, very unique, but I'm all about it. I'll live in Thai Westworld. I also read one fun review on Letterboxd from someone named Angela, and Angela wrote, Much like M. Night Shyamalan and Ari Aster, Ty West succeeds at horror because he understands that there's nothing scarier than naked old people. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yup. And, um... I do know for a fact uh, a favorite movie of Ty West's uh, is Hausu, the Japanese mm. house. Um, so I feel like he's taken some lessons about being bold with uh, just constructing your film. You can be experimental and weird uh, and it, it can work. Yeah, and while I love a movie that is all meta and very self-aware, like The Final Girls, which is, of course, my favorite movie of all time, like, there's something about this, which is obviously he knows exactly what he's doing, but it doesn't have that cheekiness to it. Yeah. Which, like, I really appreciate it. Like, it really knew what it was, but it wasn't, like, cocky or trying to, like, put it in our face that it was self-aware. Yeah, it felt self-aware without being forced, mm-hmm. uh, without being aware that it's self-aware. Uh, <laughs> they just they just had really effective uh, humor, very black humor, uh, just wickedly, you know, biting humor in there. So if you're not into that kind of thing, you won't laugh and you'll just be horrified. But I thought it was a pretty funny movie. And of course, we have to mention Kid Cuddy. That's how you said it's pronounced, even though I want yeah. to call him Cutie. Yeah, Kid Cuddy, I believe, is how you say it. And if I'm wrong, too, people, write it, please, please. And I think it might have been his first movie. I think I read somewhere, like, yeah, I first didn't know feature he- role. And he was great. And, I mean, of course, I love that dong scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I, I could have gone I mean, for a little more, but, you know, I'll take shadows if, I, if that's all I can get. Yeah, shadows, you know, amusingly Or silhouettes, shadows. rather. Or silhouettes, yep. Dickowettes. Yep, dick and dickowettes. So. <laughs> but yeah, I thoroughly enjoy this movie. If, you know, we haven't ruined it all for you and you haven't seen it, like, goes, I still recommend just seeing it because there's just plenty in it that will, that we haven't even touched upon that will shock you, that will surprise you. I mean, it's full of good kills, full, and it, I just love how it takes its time without being boring. Yeah, it, it, this is one of those movies that it hit like seeing Ari Aster or uh, uh, Robert Eggers for the first time, one of their flicks where you're just like, that is so unlike anything I've been watching lately that it just runs you over and you just let it. And I'm glad, I mean, the the reviews have been great. Letterboxd, it's like really high. I think Rotten Tomatoes, it's in like the 90s or like around Mm -hmm. there. Do you know how it did with the box office? I thought I read uh, good. Good box office. I think I just saw a uh, article about the returns from this weekend. So it grossed four point four million to take in fourth place. But I, you know, I think especially for it being so low, I mean, I, don't know if, I think it's probably considered low budget. But yeah, let's let's look at that. Uh, I'm not seeing anything. Dang it! Oh, and I also really loved that 
landslide was in there like when the, the he starts strumming the guitar i'm like is this landslide and then mm-hmm. fucking britney snow sings landslide and i was like sure an axe was gonna come through a window and disrupt it or some shit but no yeah. it's like that scene in the conjuring 2 which you've not seen where fucking patrick wilson just sings a whole song and i did not care for it in that film but here i actually really loved it so <laughs> I loved it here <laughs> I will be intrigued to see if how word of mouth does with this film yeah. because I think that it's been very strong. I also wondered Mia Goth like cuz you haven't seen the Suspiria remake and she's in that. Mm. But I wonder if like around her eyes, like one of her her like right eye there's it almost looks like a birthmark. There's like cool like freckles almost and I can't tell if it is a birthmark if it was a character thing or if that's really like authentic Mia Goth, but it was so striking. She's just is she's gorgeous. And she really does kind of look like a 70s porn star. Yeah, yeah. They nailed the the look of this thing. Yeah, they nailed it. They nailed it. All puns intended. Yeah. (laughs) Well, do we have anything else to say about it? No, no, I think that's it for now. I'm sure this will be a movie I reference as we go forward, too, because it feels like it's going to live in my brain for a while. Yeah, I would love to see it again. I will see it again. And I highly recommend y'all see it. And if you have seen it, I want to hear what you thought of it. But first of all, Jeremy. Yes. Out of five Dick Dillowettes. Dillowettes. How many do you give X? Okay, so I was going to give this thing one star. Or, uh, not one star, but a certain... <laughs> <laughs> one star. Wow. No, not, not one star. A certain star rating uh, that I've given to movies that have hit me in a similar way. And then later I'm all like, I'm going to amend my rating for what I said about that movie. So I'm just going to cut myself off at the pass. Uh, and I'm going to give this thing four and a half. I'm giving it four and a half too. Uh... Awesome. I was going to go four, but I'm like, no, 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 no. This feels like kind of like Midsummer and kind of like uh, Hereditary. You know, it's going to, I'm going to say one thing, but I, over time, yes. uh, I'm going to want to change that because I've thought about the movie so much. So, well, that is one very solid scare of approval. Yeah. And yeah, I, it's so interesting how we can talk about something and your the idea you have of a rating in your head can change because i have the exact same trajectory if that is the correct term to use i was thinking four stars coming into this but like the more i talked about i'm like oh my god like i just it's so good it's so good go see it yeah so i'm so glad we went and saw it yes help that box office get your rocks off if you love blood or sex or both it's it's there for you it's there in spades so yep and please uh, write in and tell us all about it yeah yeah well great well yeah until next time people uh keep watching talking about scary movies because scaring is sharing and hail paymon satanic panic as always evil dies tonight (laughs) bye This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.